When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that loves trans fats because they are just as valid as trans skinnies. Oh, no. I thought you were going to talk about cis fats. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fucks. No, no. Love everyone. Everyone's great. <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today... It's totally comfortable. We're t- <laughs> um, us, the racial experts, are going to talk about interracial dating. Uh, interracial relationships. Yeah, well, and actually we will have guests on that know a little bit more about this than us uh so we're looking forward to that they're not both just random white dudes we picked two white people (laughs) and it'll be fun no 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 people who are actually in a relation inter interrelational shut inter denominational what (laughs) interracial different different skins okay yeah let's um before you do news mike i wanted to uh read uh, two pieces of listener feedback. Okay, um, great. Uh, so the first. Wait, about... wait. Should I? Do I actually have to listen? Should I pay attention to this <laughs> one? Eh, tune in and out every now and then. <laughs> you'll be fine. Um, okay, just say interesting at the end of it, and you'll be good. Oh, okay. um, uh, swingers. Someone wrote in uh, and said, as a bisexual male swinger, I wanted to thank you for today's podcast. Uh, you did a wonderful job. Thank you. I can also say that the majority of people in the lifestyle are extremely close-minded to bisexual males. Some lifestyle clubs actually forbid any male-male interactions in public spaces, which is one reason my wife and I stopped attending club club events and switched to house parties with a more comfortable and open-minded atmosphere. But yes, there are gays in the lifestyle, although they are few in number. The number of bi guys does seem to be increasing, but most will still label themselves as straight on the lifestyle lifestyle sites so while the lifestyle may seem extremely open-minded and welcoming there is still a lot of work to be done to remove the stigmas of male bisexuality and then they talk about how they love us and blah blah blah. um and that is from mr by 45 hmm interesting (laughs) perfect <laughs> Thank you. That's really great. Thanks for validating. Because I think anytime we cover something that we're totally fucking not even a little bit knowledgeable about, we're nervous mm-hmm. we're going to fuck it up. And we yeah. got, we got some great feedback about that episode that like we at least didn't fuck it up. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I think <laughs> minimal we were... bar met. <laughs> <laughs> C minus. We passed. Um, okay. The next one is about your favorite topic: the bussy. Oh, giant um, dicks. No. Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Bussy, bussy, bussy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hi, I love your podcast. I am. Uh, I'm just listening to the recent episode concerning bussy. In German, bussy means something like a small kiss to a fam- to family members or friends. Oh God. E.g., my mother used to ask me to give grandma a, a bussy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Whenever we visited her. Smiley face. Oh no. So even if the word was used in English speaking countries. For quite something different here, I'm from Austria, it's used for small kiss for at least 39 years. Wakey face. So, bussies to you all. <laughs> uh, 
That's from A. Gregor. Uh, that was on Twitter. And then they followed up and said, one more thing. This magazine for preschoolers is called Bussy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> I used to read it. I think it still exists. I so I guess I'm going to post Bussy Bear to our <laughs> to Bussy all of our Bear. <laughs> oh, for kids! It's for oh. kids. <laughs> I've seen a few no. Bussy Bears. They were not for kids. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So wow. Thank okay. you for all of the feedback. We appreciate it. Wow. Okay. After that news uh yeah sure this isn't a correction but this is a developing story so last yeah. week we talked about alex morse the mayor mm-hmm. of that town who was banging dudes and maybe got in trouble for it okay college dudes i think i think we've gotten the most feedback of any news story ever about this particular story yeah yeah we um, got a lot of people writing in and here's the thing whether you agree with what he did or not, or what you think he was doing or not, there is evidence to suggest that those Democratic student clubs were actually conspiring to try to get this guy to get dirt on him mm-hmm. so that their favored candidate, who is the incumbent, would not only be reelected, but also might give them jobs and or internships. So, uh uh, apparently so there's uh several threads that go all the way back to october of mr morse starting the process of, of running for congress and there as far back as october 2019 um these these student groups at umass amherst start talking about ways that we can get dirt on him and they explicitly discussed how they could find Morse's dating profiles and potentially lead him into saying something incriminating that would then damage his campaign. Hmm. What's interesting is apparently they tried multiple times and they never got the smoking gun. They never got him to provide them with the evidence that they were hoping for. So they then leveled these broader charges that he behaved inappropriately toward college students in general, mm-hmm. the outlet claimed. So sometimes to get a smoking gun, you got to smoke a dick. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the group's president, Andrew Abramson met Alex Morris in person at a college Democrats event on October 5th. The pair later struck up a conversation on Instagram And although they appeared to have discussed nothing more than their weekend plans, message logs suggest they were considered incriminating enough. Quote, this will sink his campaign. One of the messages purportedly from Ennis read. Hmm. Um, So are they actually do we know if the college students are actually gay or bi? like are they were they straight dudes on the apps trolling or were they actual gay bi, queer whatever dudes that boy that's a great question is that addressed here doesn't say the the reason i ask is it's it almost sounds like you talked about on gay baiting because i listen yeah. to you and remember things you say about great. people like politicians using coded gay language to uh to try to sing p- other politicians and like this looks like people even though they didn't get the smoking gun they're like Oh, he like the damaging part for most people is he's on these sites like that. Yeah. that it's basically like he's gay, like they're using that same tactic. So it'd be interesting to know if they are gay themselves, 
and are using gay as a way to try to damage this guy's career or, you know, political run that that that'd be shitty either way, but also like especially shitty if it's someone within your own community. Yeah, well, I also yeah, totally. Absolutely. And this is starting to look like. Let's say it's three. I don't fucking know how many it is. I can't. The article doesn't say. But let's say three of these college Democrat folks trying to ruin this guy's candidacy, whether they are gay or not. They sort of introduce themselves and maybe flirt with him a little bit in person and then get added to his Instagram story. And then he's DMing them on Instagram. And the logs that they have that they've shown screenshots of are genuinely innocuous things like, what did you do last weekend? And then, oh, right. I was saying, sorry, I was saying like the, the hookup apps. It, was this all on Instagram? The the screenshots that are in this article by Pink News are from Instagram DMs. Gotcha. Okay. Although there's also a picture of Morse's Twitter profile that's included in some of the materials. So mm. I'm unclear whether Twitter DMs are also part of what's happening. Mm. But, but, uh, Let's let's just like go through the thought exercise of these three college kids meet and flirt with this gay candidate enough that he adds them to a private Instagram group. And he they regardless of who engages, they DM each other. And it's legit about shit like the weather and the barbecue that you had last weekend. There's no sexual content there. Did he do anything wrong then? This is what I was thinking as well, like regardless of what their intent was, he didn't know their intent. So how did he react to college students like flirting or or messaging him? Um, Yeah, I I mean, you can have a bigger like conversation about how should lectures, professors handle their profiles, like, you know, any kind of social media with students. Um, And I think sure you can have like this discussion about whether they should or not but overall like communicating over instagram about your weekend is is totally acceptable like uh, that's fine that that's a very legit approach to social media with students yeah yep what do you think well i just i think i'm gonna read through this chat and i don't know i don't know how to i don't know how to do it in a in a really super crisp way i didn't practice this kyle i'm just gonna fucking try it do voices okay okay god (laughs) um i can't do voices i can't do voices um so so there is a a chat between the college democrats that includes screenshots of an instagram dm thread with alex morse okay so the first one, this is Democrat to Democrat, says, not overt, but it's very clear he's not talking to me for no reason. And then the screenshot is the the Democrat says to Morse, thank you. It was good to see you, too. We don't see what's above that, but we assume that that's just a like, hey, thanks for the ad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Alex Morse said to this kid, but this kid says, thank you. Good to see you, too. Smiley face. Alex Moore says, how's the rest of your weekend? The kid says, pretty good. I went home last night to surprise my mom for her birthday. HBU, question mark. And he says, oh, that's nice. How was that? I had an event to go to last night to speak, then had a wine tasting party at a friend's house. Now I'm in North Adams about to march in a parade. 
And then the kid says, this is not to Alex Morse, but this is now outside of the screenshots back to just Democrat to Democrat. He says, like, read that message. Also, don't mind me totally leading him on. And I don't know how you can read that and think that there's any sexual tension whatsoever. There's like, I don't know. I don't know. Does everyone think I'm sexting them if this is what y'all think is sexting millennials? Like, yes. Okay. I, I, I do think. Okay. First of all, I would like to just know you say kid to help clarify this man that's over 18. Man. Just, yeah. just to this, make sure that's. Um, this, but yeah, I, well, 18 to 22 year old man. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I do some things early on in conversations to to test the waters and see how it's going to go. Um, and those are things like put in smiley faces or continue the conversation, particularly by asking questions, uh, things about the weekend are nice because then they're more likely to be a little bit like crazier or more like I, I, I could see how this could have been him trying to get the conversation to go that direction, or it could be him being friendly. It, you know, this is one of those, it's hard to know what their intent was during it, but I could, I could see how someone, especially in the gay world where you start a little bit coded or subtle or whatever that, uh, that that's trying to be the start of something more, but I agree. There's nothing incriminating there. There's nothing bad. There's nothing sexual. There's nothing wrong. I, I just find it hilarious. The, the, like the analysis Democrat to Democrat saying like, Oh, this is good. We totally we got, got him. him. Based on <laughs> yeah. this, like, what did you do last weekend conversation? I just, I don't, it's the I don't understand face. it. It's the smiley yeah. face. Anyway. Um, so I think this is a developing story. We'll see what happens. He has said that he's not dropping out of the campaign. He continues to deny any impropriety that he has broken any policies of either his employer or the city for which he is a mayor. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Interesting. And I also think something about this story that's terrifying is I think any gay person that has any thoughts about potentially being in politics worries about exactly this. Yeah. Like, I mean, any, I feel like anything, that's why I don't send dick pics. Like it's this thing where all of a sudden someone posts this everywhere. And I have plenty of things that are not just smiley faces are far more direct or shitty or overt yeah. or too sexual too soon. I have plenty of these that if someone wanted to like, put them out there i would look like a terrible person yeah but you're right All this right. is like the worst nightmare okay so back to uh the rest of the news okay okay are you waiting um, for me to try to do a news theme song i was just i was going to provide a little bit of a of a space there and <laughs> and just sort of like hold my breath and s- oh. <laughs> great <laughs> what did your dog do when you made that horrible sound just now? I think he left. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That was good. <laughs> if only I could too. Um, okay. <laughs> S- news the first. So shit's pretty terrible in Poland. Yeah. Um, a third of Poland has declared itself an LGBT free zone earlier this year, which we've talked about on the show before. The country's president, Andrzej Duda, went on to capitalize on rising homophobic sentiment during his re-election campaign, hitting out at, quote, LGBT plus ideology and promising to ban same-sex couples from adopting children. Anyway, 
70 renowned cultural figures from across Europe and the United States have expressed their outrage in a letter, a strongly worded letter dated the 17th of August. It begins, quote, we, the undersigned, express our outrage at repressions directed against the LGBT plus community in Poland. We speak out in solidarity with activists and their allies who are being detained, brutalized and intimated. Um, The the letter is signed by a whole bunch of real famous people like Margaret Atwood, who, um, you know, did that show about all those chicks in those red dresses? Yeah. Yep. Yep. 27 dresses. The Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale Kyle. Oh. Handmaid's Tale Kyle. Um, uh, Ed Harris, Judith Butler, uh, the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino. Um, what? I don't know how to say just his the, name. No, I know. But it, but you just kept going and did a face thing and, and like tried to roll it into like the accent for it. I just enjoyed that. You're welcome. He learned it by watching you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't stop in the middle and start again three different times. <laughs> um, the, the open letter notes the shocking arrest of 48 activists in Poland on the 7th of August, just 10 days Nowadays, ago. Nowadays, every don't... single letter is open. When are we going to finally get back to traditional values and have closed letters? <laughs> That's a great question, Kyle. I think you're onto something. Get it together, <laughs> activists. Um <laughs> Oh, uh, but there were peaceful protests that were in solidarity in solidarity with an LGBT plus activist named Margot, uh, who was arrested for damaging a homophobic campaigner's van. And that bunch of protests happened. And then they were all rounded up and not treated very well by Polish authorities. Anyway, it's just nice when you see like allies being allies yeah. and actually like doing ally things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I- I forget if I've mentioned this. Uh, my parents lived in uh, Warsaw for almost two years. Um, so I visited uh, just for a week. Um, it, the And when this started breaking, about like a third was declared a non-LGBT zone or whatever, um, I, I sent my dad a message and he was like, wow, I'm really surprised. I never saw anything that seemed like homophobia. And that to me is like, of course you didn't, uh, you know, you're yeah, a straight right. white dude. <laughs> like, you, of course you didn't see anything like it, there are so many things that are a surprise to him. I think, um, you know, I'll yeah. even talk about the shit going on in Seattle and be like, the police did this crazy thing. And he's like, Oh, I, I can't believe that. Like, I don't, and it's like, yeah, you're right. Because you've, you don't walk through the world with that kind of lens on. Or, yeah. yeah. So yes, the allies that see and recognize and understand and then do something about it are awesome. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. News. The next. Yeah. This one I think should be fast. We'll see. Just um, China, which is not known to be a gay-friendly country in general, uh, has approved Truvada for use as PrEP. Nice. Yeah. So uh, according to UN AIDS, the United Nations Program on HIV AIDS, 44% of new HIV infections in Asia and the Pacific region last year were in queer men. Um, China's decision to approve Truvada for PrEP use is going to allow gay men with a um, new method of prevention in the country, the same one that we've had here for a long time now. Um, Mm. But the country is developing a strategy to roll out PrEP nationwide following pilot projects in six cities in 2018 that provided the drug on a temporary basis. And um, the it's, it's yeah, it's interesting. Even China's on board. I, man, I, it's the very like negative view. Like that is a great thing. But like part of me then thinks like, But during the time where it was available and had been tested and everything to now, like the people that 
contracted HIV, like a a big part of that is on China then like that, uh-uh. those, you know, like that, that those could have been prevented or more likely to be prevented if people took it like the, yeah, 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 there's absolutely, you're, you're totally, you're totally right. And, um, that, that, that come is on their hands or, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, get out your jizz but, towel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also think that like, it's gotta be scary as a gay person, um, in a country like China, where even if that's available now to you as a preventative, you have to go to the government of China and say, I'm gay. Give me the pills mm-hmm. knowing goddamn well that you're going on a list. And, uh, right. If you're still li- living with your family, like you either have to try to get around it or hide it or talk to them about it. Um, and if they may not be supportive, like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yep. But anyway, <laughs> that, congrats China. But no, it's great. It's cool. <laughs> I made it sad, <laughs> but it's great. Uh, news the last, last but not least. Yeah. Uh, Kamala Harris, who has become the presumptive vice presidential nominee for the Democratic Party, um, named her chief chief of staff last week. And her chief of staff is Corrine Jean-Pierre, who is a black lesbian and Haitian American political campaigner. So, yeah, uh, she apparently becomes the first black person to ever serve as chief of staff to a vice presidential candidate, much less a vice president. Shit, y'all. Yep. I want black lesbians to do, like, give them every (laughs) important job. Like, what? (laughs) Well, I think this is proof that that Biden-Harris is going to win. Because if they're hiring black lesbians, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. they're going to get their shit done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, worth noting, I think (laughs) I will absolutely be voting for Biden. And and you should, too. Um. Kamala Harris, though, does have some um, uh, transphobic past that I think she needs to address more directly and properly um, mm. that that is worth like it, it's important to not just say, yep, fully support, move on. But uh, there are some some things that I think we need to explore more with her. Okay. Do you support we, her not so, talking about that until after the election? Because she has everything to lose and nothing to gain by doing so right now. I I understand the principle of the matter. I'm not arguing the principle of the matter at all. I'm just talking pure fucking pragmatic strategy at this point. I, yeah, I've moved into such a pragmatic mode of like, I, like it. Unless you're like, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say unless you're directly harming someone, like do anything you have to to win because that's m- most important. But like, but if anything you have to includes brushing trans people under the table, like that sucks. That's what gay people, gay white people have done for so long to, to move for their agenda. Yep. So I, I don't know, I guess I, I, okay, here, I don't do this enough. I would defer to, I, th- trans people should figure out like, is this a pressing issue that we need to address before or not? Like, I, sh- I should. Yep. I don't need to have a say in this. I will defer to. Yeah. I mean, there's a very dirty, seedy underbelly of politics that's no fun that nobody wants to talk about. Where, like, if you apologize to a group that needs an apology, but you piss off a bigger group, you maybe yeah. hold off on the apology, and that's gross yeah. and it feels gross, but it's definitely part yeah. of the calculus right now. Yep. 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 
Um, that's the news. Great. I thought Ooh. that was going to be a happy ending. And <laughs> Sorry. Hopeless I, and okay. dirty. It's so black lesbians. You did it. You've arrived. <laughs> Your struggles are over. <laughs> um, I want to thank uh, a few of our Patreon members. Uh, Calvin Habig. Um, that's definitely not how you say it. Um, Alan Nudson. Andrew Clems. Uh, Rudy Morales and Andrew, which we had to just a mononym Andrew before, but I think this is a maybe just keep one. Andrew on the list every week. Just like Andrew, you know. thank you, Andrew, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Andrew, again and again and again. I think it's a different Andrew, but but they don't know who is who, so divide, talk amongst yourselves, Andrews, and and divide them up however you choose. Um, <laughs> If you want bonus episodes, content, uh, fun things, quarterly happy hours, well, um, if you want four out of five of those things, then go to (laughs) patreon.com slash gayish podcast and help support us. And we love you for it. Hey, Kyle. Oh, hey, Mike. I'm going to say something that my racist uncle always says, but I love it. Okay, cool. In my bedroom, I have all of the doors and windows closed, and it's been so hot in Seattle here. It's hotter than a jerked-off wildcat in here. Uh, I, I know. I know. It does What's not make mean? any sense. I don't know. Very hot oh. is what that means. Hotter than a jerked-off <laughs> wildcat. Oh, so the thing, he happens to be racist, but the thing is not racist. Oh no, it's not. Oh, sorry. I, you're right. I did make that sound like it was going to be that. I was like, not. "What's a wildcat? And how? Why do I need to stop using that word? I'm fine with that. But what is that? That's very confusing. I feel like some of those things, like you can just put in anything. Like it's as hot as a toe tickler's tummy, and like that yep. means nothing. But like you know what yeah. it means. Yep, for <laughs> um, sure. It's very hot. hot. <laughs> I bought an industrial grade fan. Um, mm. So it doesn't work. Um, I mean, it doesn't help. Uh, Just moves the hot around. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of hot, do you want to talk about interracial relationships? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Like I said, we're going to have guests, but I mean, just have you been in interracial? In, damn it. Why can I not say that? Interracial relationship? The first man I dated, not just fucking, was an African-American gentleman. And um, so, like, my very first baby gay steps into the universe were as, as part of an interracial coupling. We, we, we were never boyfriends, so that I struggle yeah. with the language there a little bit. But we were, like, we were seeing each other, not just banging. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do, uh, don't, you don't have to say his name, but I know who this is, right? Darrell. Oh, okay. Well, you or you can't say his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my my longest to date relationship was uh, with a guy who is Puerto Rican, um, and mm-hmm. Jay Z. Like, yep, Jay Z. You may have heard of him <laughs> on other episodes called he would call him Jay Z. So Jay Z. Um, it, it was. It, it didn't come up too much, but when I met his family, it was very much. I was the white person sitting down with. Puerto Rican, a Puerto Rican family. And, um, uh, it, it was almost like, and he even, he would tell me this, like they looked at me a little bit differently. Like they, they knew, like they felt it. They knew they felt like uh, that is a white person sitting at the table, which is interesting. It was always, they had an amazing, supportive, loving family, but it it just was a little bit of a thing. Um, yeah. 
You know, um, I think the only time I I I don't want to I don't want to say that if it's not true, but I can't think fast enough to think of another example. The only time I've been yelled at, like like gay slurs, was was when I was hanging out with him, and I wondered if that's because we stood out because we were interracial. Um, oh. like a, a, a car little bros drove by and, and said and yelled at us, "Don't be gay, faggots!" And oh, like, huh. um, I I I always kind of wondered, like, yeah, is that, that again just because we stood out? Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, and that was on Capitol Hill, like the neighborhood of Seattle. Like, <laughs> people who think that shit doesn't happen here, it happens here. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, I I wanted to mention like. I don't want to turn this into, well, I dated someone who wasn't white, yeah, so yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So ne- just want to make it very clear. Neither of us are saying that. And in fact, it is very clear to me that just shit I've been learning and we've even talked about on the white privilege episode. Like I know that dating someone of a different race does not absolve me of my privilege. I doesn't mean yeah. I know everything. It doesn't like, so this is why we will be having guests on to help talk about this. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else before we bring them on? I mean, I hopefully we'll talk about this with them. I that relationship did not go very far, mm-hmm. but it was already hard. Like mm-hmm. I already noticed cultural differences between he and I. Mm-hmm. I already had anxiety about like hanging out with his black friends. I had anxiety about introducing him to my white friends. Like, yeah, it was we weren't together for that long and it was already hard. And yeah. I'm interested in learning about these the, the, this couple who have been together for long enough to be married they're married right yes they're married yeah so we're gonna have uh marco and tony who are from the podcast relationship uh spelled with an exclamation in the shit uh that's important to to get there and um i've never before on my paper written marco black tony white (laughs) italian american i don't generally do that just to clarify don't usually do that but i'm doing it on this so i remember who to address different questions it is relevant in this case so or maybe 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 in the show notes from here on out you can put everybody's pronouns and their skin color and yeah perfect well basic demographic information I mean, I don't want to be like, whichever is the black one, can you answer this question? <laughs> like, that's not going to look cute. Um, uh, also, we just happen to be on, unrelated to this episode, we're going to be on the Minority TEA uh, Report, which is a different podcast. Uh, we're going to be on their show on Monday, August 24th, I think. So uh, they are all uh, black men in interracial relationships. So we're we're doing some some interracial shit right now. Yeah. Gayish is a interracial gangbang, apparently. <laughs> Only when we invite them on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy, boy. I, had, I had dreams when we started this show, Kyle, and <laughs> most of them led here. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, so uh, when we get back, we'll have relationship on with us. Uh, should we? Yeah. Should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Break. Break me. <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take. Are we back? We're back. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> uh, we are here with Marco and Tony Critelli. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It sure is. Hey, Mike. Hey, Kyle. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Okay, we talked about this the last time we recorded an ad, and I said I thought I would do cooking. 
Uh-huh. I actually did. I talked to my therapist and she was like, what would you do for an extra hour? And I said I would cook. And so I did. And this weekend on Saturday, I made a recipe I'd never made before. It was French onion mac and cheese, and it was delicious. Well, if you want to improve your mental health, be a podcaster and record an ad about mental health. Yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com slash gayish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash gayish. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash gayish. French onion mac and cheese, that's what makes me happy. Yum. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Mike. Do you remember when Prep came out and it was a game changer? Oh my God, biggest news. We were all excited to get our hands on it. Well, it's happening again. (laughs) It is. Imagine a world where STIs are no more. Doxypep is what we're talking about, everybody. You can get Doxypep from Shameless Care. And Doxypep has been proven to be up to 90% effective at stopping STIs like chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. It's just like PrEP was for HIV, but now for all of those other things too. And where can you get this? You can get it from Shameless Care as a top telemedicine provider with board certified physicians across 50 states. They have a mission of making DoxyPep accessible and affordable. Answer some medical questions on the website and one of their physicians will prescribe DoxyPep to you. Viola is shipped straight to your door in discreet (laughs) packaging. And DoxyPep at Shameless Care is crazy affordable, just $109 a year. That covers the online evaluation, the medication, and the shipping. So if you're ready to rewrite your story and discover the joy of carefree intimacy, visit shamelesscare.com slash gayish to take control of your sexual health. That is shamelesscare.com slash gayish. Your liberation is waiting. Be sure to use lube. (laughs) From the uh, Relationship Podcast. Thank you so much for being on. Hi, guys. Thank Thank you you so much for having us. us. Yeah. Um, I did forget to mention this uh, before you all joined us. This was also a listener request uh, from Brandon Pettigrew to talk about interracial relationships. So thank you, Brandon, for that request. Um, Yeah. Okay. And and thanks for doing our Discord for us. (laughs) And all the other shit you do. We appreciate you. well, why don't we talk a little bit, uh, like, just kind of tell us a little bit about your relationship so we know kind of where you're coming from. So the Cliff Notes version is that, uh, unfortunately, we met each other in Florida. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I always... And promptly left. <laughs> yeah, I hate, that, I hate that part of the story because I have to admit to having lived in Florida, which is just <laughs> not very much fun. Um, but that said, yeah, so we met each other in Florida. Um, I was living in St. Petersburg and Tony was living in Tampa and he was coming across the bridge uh, into St. Petersburg. He had just gotten out of a relationship and was like moving for his job in St. Pete. I had just gotten cheated on and broken up Mm. with an ex-boyfriend and I was just like looking for gay friends. And so like back in the day before apps, we were on Adam for Adam. (laughs) And yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah. the chat room (laughs) and uh, met Tony thought he just seemed like a really cool person. We like bonded over chicken wings and 
clean lines in a carpet from a vacuum well, vacuuming <laughs> and the lines of the carpet for vacuuming and um yeah and then we like just became friends and we talked for like over a month and then finally we like met up at this little gay bar in in st pete called georgie's alibi and which is closed now it's closed now so sad um and yeah and then like that night over three dollar long islands he essentially told me he liked me and i told him i think i liked him too and then we were together ever since then every day yeah 11 years ago that was 11 years ago damn and how long have you been married uh it'll be four years in october October. Mm -hmm. yeah oh wow forever (laughs) (laughs) does that feel like a long time in gay years because it sounds like one it feels like a long time in all years. Yeah. Like it just yeah. it's like <laughs> I it, it just feels very like we always joke with each other that like I'm a very patient person mm-hmm. to even like have been around for like this long. But yeah, it's a really long time. <laughs> so I just wanna I wanna put your fears at ease. I don't launch into this on 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 most episodes and with most guests, but because it's germane to the conversation, can I ask you guys about your racial ethnic identities? Yeah, uh, I am, for all intents and purposes, an African-American man, black male, Antonio. I'm Italian-American, so I'm just white. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Just, just making sure everybody knows that you're qualified to talk about what's yes. I have a degree in blackness. So. <laughs> and I'm just about as white as they come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so come. Perfect. <laughs> um, yes. But y'all mentioned uh, when we were emailing that you have in spite of the things you bonded over, like clean vacuum lines, you have a lot of differences beyond just skin color. What what are some of the big differences between the two of you? I'm Marco's super into fashion and I could give a shit how I look ever. Yeah. Marco likes to like have lots of nice things and I'm Buddhist. I love like <laughs> pop music and R and B music. And I love and, like, Indian fun. metal. Yeah and, <laughs> yeah. and um Did you say Indian metal? Yes, it, indie and metal. Yep. Indie, oh, indie and, and metal. And got metal. it, got it. I was going to be really interested in Indian metal. Oh, Indian metal, yes. <laughs> I just hadn't heard of that before. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And yeah, so just essentially like any and everything that you could possibly think of, like the two of us are in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. We're on like complete opposite ends of the spectrum, not spectrum, but opposite ends of the like argument for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks, <laughs> but it but it's great. I guess it's working no. for you. Uh, it's been working so far. Yeah, the jury's still out on that one. Um, <laughs> no, like no, it's funny because like we like we always say that like our differences are like when we're mature enough to like acknowledge them, they're the best part of our relationship because we learn from each other and like we enrich each other and all of that psychobabble bullshit well we always said it would either make or break us <laughs> right because we then, are so different but then on the other end like when it is not fun it is really not fun and we mm. don't like each other and <laughs> we don't make sense to yeah, each, we other, don't make sense to each yeah, other we're not patient with yeah, each other and yeah. it's, it's like it can be challenging hard, so it can be incredibly challenging yeah it's hard well then uh, talking about that like let's let's really get into race now um so i uh, have any of those disagreements or differences or things you don't understand about each other? How much of that is race? And and what are those conversations you have? I mean, it's a growing percentage because you've like really become like your blackness has become more and more important to you. 
like the longer we've been here or just the longer you've been on the planet. Sure. Um, but like, we, you know, when we lived in Florida, most of your friends were like cisgender, white, heterosexual females. Well, because that's um, all that's in Florida. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where's the lie? Yeah. Um, but since coming to New York, like your your connection to your blackness, to your community has grown uh, like just exponentially. Like I remember the first party we went to where I was the only white person and like you ended up staying there till like three in the morning and having these incredible conversations. Sure. And, and I just could not connect to so much of it. Um, so it's, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's become increasingly more, I mean, there's now there's like lots of literature in the house around this. You and I have conversations around it a lot more. I mean, I, I grew up in a tiny little town on a farm. So like, like just, even like access to pop music was not a thing, let alone like topics like black culture or just ethnic identity in general. So it's become, you know, living in New York, it's become more of a thing for us, you getting older and like engaging more in it. It's become a thing. The current political climate has made it more of a thing. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely grown a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, I mean, I've always been a black man, like that's just (laughs) always been a thing. And so I can, I can say that like, I always naturally gravitate, towards other blackness uh in my life like one of my best friends in florida is a he's panamanian but he's black um and so that's kind of always been a thing as well um that said yes my life has been revolved around white people i grew up in las vegas i went to college in reno um which is like one of the whitest Mm -hmm. parts of nevada that you could ever possibly be in um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, yeah, so like the, and then I moved to Florida, which again, uh, you know, super white. So, you know, that being said, my, blackness has, has been important, but it's always kind of been like, oh, well, I just got to make do with what's around me. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, I, I don't think we answered your question, but to answer your question as part of our relationship. Yeah, it's been, uh, uh, there's been a lot. I think I always have this thing that I, I tell Tony, I, like white people are, are raised completely differently than black people. Um, and so a lot of our relationship has to do with like uh, the constraints on life that I think black uh, parenting does to their kids. Um, mm-hmm. And and then Tony's like all willy nilly and free and, you know, like owns the earth because all cis gendered you know white men can do that kind of thing like that and i'm like there there's no you can't do that you can't be there you can't have that like those things are like things that you have to like wait to be invited to or things like and it's been really challenged that's been a challenge for us for sure so then do you do you ever have i want to get like the specific deeds do you have like specific arguments or discussions about race like hey you didn't realize this was a thing because i'm black or what you said was incorrect or uh, you know uh, you keep like bringing someone to a group of friends that are they're all white or i don't know that yeah no that's that's a great question so um the one example i can think of is there was this one night that uh it was halloween um and we were uh so it's me black person tony white person and then a friend of ours who is a white male and his girlfriend who is an asian female um and we all went out everyone's like drunk we had like drank like had a really good time we went to a gay bar everybody's having fun and then we like left we were like leaving the gay bar 
And, you know, this is in Hell's Kitchen here in, in Manhattan. And, you know, all the gays are out. Everyone's having like a great time. And this guy walks by and he has this hat on. And Tony's like, Peyton, oh, I should, probably shouldn't have thrown around his name, but whatever, it doesn't matter. He's like, Peyton, um, <laughs> I, to bleep I, that? I, no, you don't have to worry okay. about it. It's fine. He's like, Pey- Peyton, I love that. I love that hat. And Peyton's like, yeah. And he's like, go get it for me. And so Peyton starts to like go and like grab the hat from the guy or like in whatever way shape or form like go and do it and i like flipped it was like the end of the night it was like three o'clock in the morning i was just like ready to go home but i like flipped out because i was like guys (laughs) it is halloween we're in the middle of manhattan if you guys get in a fight or if anything happens or anything like that guess who's going to be arrested not your white faces (laughs) mine because i'm in the vicinity and I'm the only person that would probably be like questioned or asked about any of this. And Tony didn't realize the gravity of the argument at the time. He just thought he was like having like a fun drunk time. Um, but like for me, it was like a really intense, like my blood pressure, like rose moment uh, because I just, I don't know, the anxiety around like, an altercation and I'm the only black person right there in that moment, like just felt really heavy. Um, and so of course the next day, uh, you know, of course I had to go off on him regarding the situation, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it, it took like, it's like those moments and like those interactions that like, he just doesn't pay attention to those things like don't equate to him. He doesn't think about them. Yeah. And I would say, you know, that was several years ago. And I would say that, that since then, uh, probably the only other time that you and I have really had significant problems is you talk about something that's in the news and I ask a lot of questions about it. And my questions are probably very white. Um, you know, so, so I'll say like, I'll say like, what else was the person doing? What are the other circumstances? Like what are, you know, like what, like I just asked for more information and I've since learned to not do that, but (laughs) for a long time I did. And it clearly was very upsetting to Marco. Yeah, because it was I, I was like, what the fuck does that matter? Like, <laughs> like yeah. at the end of the day, like this is the situation, and that's like, who cares? That doesn't mean that the person was supposed to die. Like, <laughs> and yeah, yeah it, it, it's been a new thing. So yeah, I mean, I have a lot of black friends whose parents like drilled into them as a child. Here's how you avoid the police if you are forced to interact with the police. Here's how you interact with them to maximize the chances that you're not going to die. Like. These are not conversations white parents have with their kids. Never. Are they are Never. they conversations that your parents had with you, Marco? Like Oh my god, I was like 4 years old when I got the first conversation about it. Like holding like hold your hands as soon as you go into like hold my dad's hands the second we go into the store and do not let go of his hands the entire time we're in there do not touch anything do not ask for anything do not do any of those things and before we used to think that my dad was like being like super strict but it was because he didn't want us to be accused of stealing he didn't want people to see like us roaming the store and thinking that we were you know plotting to steal or anything of that nature Um, You know, I remember driving with my dad and very vividly at like eight years old him having the conversation with us about like if a police officer ever stops you, it's yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. It's keeping your hand on the steering wheel. And if they ask you for to grab things, you ask them if it's okay for you to grab the your license and registration, like being able to like it was very um, 
it, it was just like very intense. And it's like a conversation that constantly happens within your household because uh, anytime, especially as a black male that you leave the house, like your parents are shallowly, sh- shallowly breathing the entire time. Um, they, they cannot rest until you come back home. Um, they're terrified of what the world may do to you while you're out hanging out with your friends. And, you know, my dad used to always tell me, like, you can't do everything your white friends can do. Like, just mm-hmm. you, you just can't do everything your white friends can do. Um, and so just remember that when you're going out in the world. And uh, that was a very, uh, it wasn't until like later in life that I actually understood what that me- meant. But um, it would, it, it's, it's very, re- it's like a tough reality. Um, that you have to live with every single day. I always say that I have like, by the time I wake up in the morning, I have two strikes against me before I even leave the house. And that's that mm-hmm. I'm a black first and then I'm gay second. Um, yeah. And so it's like, it's very hard. And at any given time, people can find a reason to just not like me. And more than anything, it's about or related to my race. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if this is like the third strike then. So you're an interracial couple. So then like that, even, even with straight cis people, like interracial couples are still not totally like everyone's still not totally down with that. So mm-hmm. uh, sure. Uh, do you feel like you've gotten any kind of reactions or comments or hate specifically because of the interracial nature or does it all like, can you even tell what's okay, we're interracial versus we're gay versus I'm black. Like, how do, you, how do you suss out all the strikes against you? Yeah. I think Florida had more of, I mean, surprise, surprise, but I think Florida had more of that stuff evident than, like, New York does, for example. Like, I remember, um, it was so funny. Like, I remember at the, like, at the beginning of me and Tony's relationship, um, there like there was this like group of black guys that were like at the bar i was like out one night and there was this group of black guys and i was like walking by and one of the guys went to come and try to talk to me and his friend was like no don't talk to him he is a snow queen they called me a snow queen which i thought was hysterical because i was like isn't that a cocaine user like i thought (laughs) (laughs) but i thought that was super weird but yeah they were like no don't talk to him he's a snow queen and then like my other friend was like oh no that means like a guy that like only dates white guys and i was like but that's not even true like (laughs) like but whatever and then tony has been identified as a chocoholic as again this Which is, is funny because you're like the second black guy i've ever dated not that i keep track of that sort of stuff but like when that came up i was like how many black guys have i dated yeah Which it's just interesting and well and to back to your original question for me it's really easy to suss out the differences because not to call out any one particular person in my family but they they're very old world they're very um you know pre-love um judicial case like they're they're very they're racist i mean that's just that is just what it is it's it is racist there is bigotry um and so like the the saying in my family ever since i was very little was you had to blow out all the candles on your birthday cake and if you didn't you were going to have a black baby like that was a negative thing (laughs) Like I, and I remember like, yeah. And I remember when I was talking to a certain someone in my family about 
like how I was having a what I thought was going to become a significant relationship when Marco and I were first dating. And the first words out of and this person said, oh, you should bring him by. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea right now. And the first words out of this person's mouth were, why is he black? And that was legitimately the question. And my response was, yeah, (laughs) yeah, he is. Like, let's sit with this for a minute. Yep. That's what's going on. Your turn. (laughs) So I do think that there are times when we can clearly um, suss it out. I know you have had, like over the years, you've had some real challenges with certain ways of thinking in my family, not just because of us both being men, um, but because you are black and I am not. Yeah. 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 It's definitely been an issue. Let's, let's let that shock settle for just a little bit. I think there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the, the, it's not at all funny, but blowing out of the candles is just like two reasons that's not going to happen. And one of them is I'm not going to have a black baby because the, the place I'm putting it is not going to result in a baby. So <laughs> that's exactly should, that should be the least exactly. of my problems with that. But still, that's mm-hmm. not the other thing that came to mind. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. I mean, and then, you know, like my side of the family, every for the most part, everything has been completely fine. I think initially it was it's funny because I think like letting my like family know that I was like moving in with a guy more than anything. I think the first question that came about was like, is he, is he a black guy or mm-hmm. is he a white guy? I think but I think that was more like curiosity than it was like non-acceptance if that makes any sense but i think it's another form of bigotry that exists that sure. we often don't talk about yeah, yeah, yeah i mean i'm not gonna deny that but i think it was less rooted in like we don't want you dating a white guy than it was uh you know more <laughs> rather than, you were dating a black guy, rather <laughs> you a black guy. <laughs> is that different <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Life is already hard for me being gay. Why would I want to make it harder and date a white man? <laughs> so you, you both mentioned that you, you had dated interracially before, but were, were any of those also serious relationships? Like, were, were you, did you cut your teeth on these issues with each other mostly? Or did you have quite a bit of experience with the kinds of problems that you might have from these previous relationships? Uh, so my two serious somewhat serious relationships prior to Tony were both white men, but Snow Queen. (laughs) 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 Um, But, um, but they weren't necessarily, but like in between them, like I, I dated guys that would have me. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) no, but it just wasn't, it it was just, you know, whoever, like I, I I didn't really care. I kind of want to say neither for me, because like I mostly have not dated white men, like a couple of one very serious relationship and one other relatively serious relationship with the white guys. But the vast majority of people that I've dated have not been white. They've been sort of everything else. Sure. Um, but I would also say that I never cut my teeth on this issue until now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the big growing pains is I didn't live in places where diversity was a thing. Like that was, that was never a thing. I remember being like, I think I was like seven years old and my mom had to tell me my best friend was black. And I didn't know what that meant. 
And like she had this conversation with me about how that was like the only black kid in our neighborhood. And it was fine that I was friends with him, but just know that some people might say some things and that I should come talk to her anytime that happened. And that was kind of the area I grew up in for like the rest of my life until well after college. So it was predominantly white. There wasn't a lot of diversity. It wasn't until I went, like I transferred to another college and that was in Denver. And that was when I got into like diversity and culture and like all that started to matter to me and make sense. But having to deal with the issues of race is something that's relatively new for me. Hmm. At 30, and that's, and that's white privilege at 38 years old. <laughs> and that's white which privilege. Is super crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Tony, you mentioned that it's also been a more recent thing given political climate, you know, all the black issues, Black Lives Matter going on. So, uh, um, but Mark, I'm curious to hear your take on that. Like, you know, wh- what's it been like in the past couple of years? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, Thank so, you. You don't have to answer. Yeah. You just had to compliment me. <laughs> Next, <question. laughs> Next segment, please. Yes. Yeah. And we're done. Um, no. So one day, Tony, this is in the midst of like the, the Ahmaud Arbery, you know, murder, the George Floyd murder, the Breonna Taylor. Like this was like after the fact and like when, and you know, I'm like heated. I like got a book that's like, you know, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. Like, and I'm like mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. into like all of this stuff. And Tony looked at me one day and he goes, how are you feeling about me? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, how are you feeling about your white husband while all of this race stuff is going on? And I, I had to think about it for a quick second because, Mm. because I think at the end of the day, like he's my husband, but I never really like thought about him as like my white husband. But then at the same time, he's very much so my white husband. (laughs) And so it just didn't necessarily like, compute that he was not on the same side of the argument uh, as I was. Um, And he wasn't, you know, for the record. Uh, But that being said, I had to like think about it. And I was like, I don't feel any kind of way about you. I feel like you've learned a very valuable lesson, which is just shutting the hell up and like (laughs) listening. Yeah. And, and I think beyond that, like you are, you're here like you're witnessing all of this and you're like trying to better understand it and that's all that can be asked of you like not any one person not even the black community has all the answers on how any of this stuff like works or will get better but um the fact of the matter is that you are trying and i think that that's all that matters so for me it's never really been I, I don't know. He's again, m- my husband is very white and a lot of the things that like he does not <laughs> understand about things. I'm kind of like, did you not have like television in your town? Like, <laughs> like you had no radios or anything like that to like understand these things. Nope. Um, we went to a Beyonce concert and Jay-Z was rapping Big Pimpin'. And Tony's like, I have no idea what song this is. And I was like, are you an alien? <laughs> like, <laughs> Too busy with like, your Indian rock music. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> no, but it's but you actually hit the nail on the head. I didn't have TV and I didn't have radio. It was that's not true. You did have TV because you had time to play your video games. I didn't like <laughs> you weren't you weren't enthralled in like in like pop culture or like anything like that. No, like I literally didn't have cable. 
didn't under, yeah you didn't but you know the cosby show was on on basic television and stuff like that so like <laughs> well that's be probably honest. better that it, we <laughs> <laughs> you know one of the podcasts i listen to does not refer to it as the pod uh, the uh, cosby show they refer to it as the felicia rashad show and i thought that, that was brilliant <laughs> i'm stealing that i love that I thought it was great. I thought it was so good. So, um, yeah. So that being said, I, you know, like I do kind of have like my own little like mork in my house, if you will, that I have to like, <laughs> that's a reference to a television show that a mork lot of your, ref- your yeah, the, a lot <laughs> of, of your course. listeners probably don't even know about, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, that said, yeah, huh. he, he is like a little bit of an alien that I kind of have to like teach about like things that are happening within like culture and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. That said, like, I think that all too often what our problem as people is that we think that like our experiences are everybody's experiences Mm -hmm. and we just ignore the fact that people see the world or experience the world in a completely different way than we do. And that's the really frustrating part is that, um, you, we give way too much credit to people. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, so, and, and, and so, you know, so that being said, like I sometimes just assume Tony knows and understands the shit that I'm experiencing. And then I forget that like a lot of those moments are teachable moments because he hasn't experienced those things. Like, again, I grew up in Las Vegas. He grew up in like a small town in North Carolina, like there's no way that like our experiences are going to mirror one another. Like there's going to be teachable moments. And, um, and I have to sometimes like slow myself down and say like, this is what blank is, you know, and, and help him understand it as well. So it's, it's, it's more commonly a thing for people of color, but I did want to ask you guys about code switching and whether you, whether you oh, find yourself oh, 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 code switching oh, 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 around each other's families and to what degree. <laughs> hmm. I love these questions. You definitely uh, do. I have to. You have to. Like, well, I absolutely have yeah. to. Like, you You've know. Been made to feel that you have to. Yeah, I 100% have to. So Tony's side of the family, like his cousins and everything, they're very like Rochester, Buffalo, white boys. So it's like very like... Well, first of all, I can't talk about anything political because they like mainly support Trump. And so I have to like pretend like I don't hate them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then and then beyond that, I have to like talk about like things that I just normally wouldn't talk about. I like at all. And then like and then on the other side of the the coin he has like his girl cousins that like absolutely love me that want to like get together and talk about like makeup and skincare and how to like do their hair and i'm like and then i have to like do that for a little while (laughs) and like play Mm -hmm. that person and then by the end of it i'm drunk and (laughs) (laughs) And it's all okay (laughs) wait so how marco how much of those are toning down the blackness or toning down the gayness or well, it sounds like with the with the females you can you can play up the gayness, but like with the sure. with the males, do, is it both? Is it one more than the other? So I've always said this to Tony, and and it's like the weirdest thing that happens to me uh, throughout my life. But I'm always like safe in just about every social circle that I'm ever involved in. I'm like the safe black person. I'm the safe 
gay person. I'm the safe guy. Like I'm, I'm always safe for a lot of people. So um, a lot of it, I think like, I, <laughs> I know that his cousins refer to me as the black family member that like they can throw out when someone calls them racist. I just know oh, it God. because <laughs> I just know it because I get along with them. They love me. Like we interact with one another. I make them feel safe. We never have to like really have it out with one another and everything is like fine. Um, I know that I'm also the reference where the reference to like my cousin's gay. I can't be homophobic yeah. because mm. I'm like safe and they feel okay behind the situation, but we never have to really dive into uh, problems or yeah. issues or strong topics. Well, but let's but let's be fair. There have been some really um, great personal breakthroughs for people too. Like one of my cousins was homophobic, and he loves you and actually defended you. Well, all of your family loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on the planet loves you. Um, <laughs> So, but, but he like, and I, and I would say his mother even told us that like, it's not that he's not homophobic anymore, but he's certainly a lot less anti-gay and much more open to defending gay people and like just understanding that culture. So I think that there are some benefits to it. Too. 100%. Yeah. I mean, look, I also think that people know that like, I don't give a shit about what anyone Anything. thinks about me. <laughs> and so like, I can be in the same place as you and you can like literally hate me and it's fine. I'm still going to flit around the entire party and, listen and like listen and do whatever it is that I want to do and give two shits about how you feel about me. And I think there's something to be said about that because people are like oh like i guess he's fine like he knows that i like don't really fuck with him but like he doesn't really fuck me fuck with me either and so like yeah. we're cool and like that's like the beginning and end of it but um mm-hmm. but yeah it's hard but i like i find myself literally having to like you know and then i go to rochester i have to think about what i'm packing in rochester to like wear because i'm like i don't want to like give off too much gayness and you know, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I have to, like, be the safe black person as well. Like, you know, I can't, like, be anything in particular. It, it, hmm. Like, I just have to be under the radar. Hmm. That sucks. Yeah. It's hard. And especially for you with, like, the code switching for you isn't just your language or your behavior. A lot of it is how you dress. Because a lot of how you express yourself is your clothes. And um, and so it, it becomes a part of it, too. Like like you said, when you go to Rochester, like you can't wear a lot of fun, flamboyant things. You love can't... to wear my Beyonce bright pink sweatshirt, the B.A.K. <laughs> like sorority <laughs> sweatshirt that she has. I would love to do that. But like I can wear that in Rochester. No, no. Yeah. How does that's it sounds like all of these interactions you have to tailor to the, the location or the people you have to adjust yourself to to fit in with those uh, that that seems shitty are you used to it or does it feel shitty every time it's exhaust it's draining it's mm-hmm. super draining like i find and i'm such a social person and i love people and i like to like you know dance and like you know hang out with people and meet new people and all these other things like that but it's like draining because i have to like i have to figure out what the safest approach is I remember in Florida, I was like at the bar ordering a drink and there was a, a, a white guy that was next to me and he was ordering. He had he was like drinking his like back was turned to the bar and, you know, but he was like standing like 
three feet away from me. And like, I got my drink and I like, turned around and I, you know, I was there by myself. So I didn't like know where I was going or what was happening next. And, um, I, like, I like looked over at him and I was like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, like, what did, you know, what did you get to drink? And he like looked up at me and he goes, I'm not into black guys. And I was oh like, God. you're not even cute enough to try to get with me, but I was just asking <laughs> you what you were drinking. <laughs> and it was just like so funny, but I was like, what the fuck? Like, how did that like happen? But like, like those are like moments that like, s- like slightly happen, you know, mm. like in like the smallest form that like really, I always say Florida reminded me that I was a black man. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Florida, like every time I turned around, Florida, remi- whether it was I just moved from, you know, Vegas or from Reno, actually, and uh, was like busy opening up a store that I was working for. That's the reason why I had moved there. And I was like getting everything prepared. And I had been there for like a month and hadn't had time to like change my plates <laughs> and mm-hmm. got stopped mm-hmm. by the cops that were like, mm-hmm. you should have your plates changed already. And gave me a ticket for it. And I was like, would you stop anybody else if this was the thing? Because, like, you probably would have just assumed that I was a... Tourist. Tourist. And I was just in Florida and driving around, but I got stopped for it. Mm. Or you have that white guy that says, I don't date black guys. And I was like, I was just asking you what the fuck was in your glass. Like, this is a heart. Yeah. So that's that's a weirdly good segue. I wanted to ask about uh, the, the 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 filters on dating apps, Scruff and Grinder in particular, and and being able to like screen based on ethnicity, and and then the the byproduct of that of of like I only date white guys or black guys or no Asians. Those types of messages that you see um on profiles, and then the whole philosophy that it's just a preference. I'm wondering like if you can weigh in on all of that. No, that's racism. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> there you go. Me, per- I mean, so uh, to be 100% honest with you, like, I don't have very much experience on the dating apps because, again, I met Tony during, you know, when, like, dinosaurs were roaming the earth. And so we didn't, like, necessarily, <laughs> like, we weren't a part of app culture. So we we never got to, to do that. That said, um, me personally, I think that, look, I was listening to another podcast the other day and they were saying that like, it's fine to have preferences as long as you don't vocalize it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because the problem is when you vocalize it, you can't do it in a way that doesn't sound racist. So if you have preferences and there are like, you know, body types or skin colors or things like that, that you're more drawn to, that is completely fine. I think we all, it's so funny to me when I like find myself attracted to another guy they always just end up looking like my husband. So very clearly, like I have a, a, a type that like I'm very attracted to and it would be, you know, bearded, tall, white guys that like, you know, look like my husband. But that said, like vocalizing that sounds slightly more racist than just going after the guys <laughs> that yeah. look like that. And so I, I think that when you do that, go ahead. Oh, this is, I was just realizing that I could call you a snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was not worth interrupting you for. <laughs> oh, no, it kind of was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and very accurate as well. So, You're ridiculous. So, <laughs> I, think, I think for me, the, it's not so much what you say yes to, it's what you say no to. Sure. And that's what makes it racist. Yeah. If you say no of any type, that's racism. If you say I prefer or yes more, 
to a certain type, I think that is a preference. But, you know, to go back to your um, original question, like, yeah, if you turn the filter where you like uncheck certain boxes, I think that's problematic. Super problematic. I also think like exploring the reason behind your preference, like part of the reason you may have that preference for other white guys is because you didn't grow up around black people. Like, even if you think it is just innocuous, like there it's, if you have that preference, it's worth exploring mm-hmm. Yeah, why, why that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I always love, yeah, I don't know that quite, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a very interesting question because when, like, I always love to ask people and you guys, can't answer this if you want to or you don't have to but like i always ask like have you dated like outside of your race like are you drawn to people outside of your race and what's very interesting about that is like also all too often the white people will say like well no not real the only the only answers i ever really get is like well i dated an asian person or i dated a hispanic person because <laughs> there's some sort of fetishizing that takes place in in those races um, but for what, and don't get me wrong, there's fetishizing that takes place within black people, you for know, sure. for black people as well. But like, I think that people generally go for those races because they're quote unquote, the safe and it's mm. easy and, you know, you can, or exotic or exotic mm-hmm. or like, you know, really cool. But like black people are like, oh, no, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really like black people. We, we talked about this a little bit in the intro. Yeah. My longest relationship to date has been with someone who is Puerto Rican. I mean, it's great, but I like one of the things that like I've I told Tony, I was like, you know, I'm not going anywhere. But like one of the things that like New York has like made me experience and like um, is being attracted to Indian people Hmm. because like there weren't a lot of Indian people on the West Coast where I grew up. And so I didn't really have much exposure to them and they damn sure didn't live in Florida. Hmm. So being in New York um, and seeing like all these very attractive Indian people I'm like oh my god like Indian guys are hot like they're really (laughs) attractive but like I don't know that I would have ever put that on my list of people that I'm attracted to because I didn't really have exposure to that prior to living in New York City yeah yeah. I'm real nervous about this because I don't have the whole thing figured out yet but I'm gonna start talking here I go I um I (laughs) my my dating history is like I'm just ballparking here, like 50% white guys. And I, 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 I date, I date, I date everybody. And, but I also wonder if part of it is that hot white gay guys are all out there trying to be the hot white gay stereotype of also dating a hot white gay counterpart. And, and like people of color are way more forgiving and a lot more open and easier to talk to and hang out with and get real with because they're not just out there trying to be the next hot white gay person because they can't because they're not white. And like, it, 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 it feels, it feels so much better and like a lot less judgy or bitchy to like hang out with people of color. I don't know. I I mean, I love that. No, I, I, not this one. (laughs) <laughs> i can be i can, I can be bitchy um, you breathe and drink bitchy it's not bitchy i just don't put up with i just don't put up with shit is what my real thing is is like if you come at me with like a stupid lie like i'm gonna call you out on your stupid lie like i just i'm just that person uh that was back in the day when i was single but um that said you know yeah i i, I can't 
I can't deny that. Again, when you're kind of on like the outside of the in crowd, um, uh, this is going to sound really sad, but like you just are excited for any attention and like anybody Mm -hmm. to like acknowledge you or like engage in you, even if it's just in a friendly manner, like you are just happy that somebody acknowledged your presence. Um, And I think, again, the problem with Black people all way too often is that we go into social situations and we are either suspect or we are ignored. Mm. And that Mm -hmm. is really problematic. Um, It's really problematic, you know? And, you know, so that's why this is going to sound awful, but you know how oftentimes... um, heavy people, heavyweight people uh, tend to have the biggest personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. It's because it's because they had oftentimes had to uh, show that they were funny or, you know, or things like that because they didn't want to get picked on anymore for being fat or anything of that nature. And I think black people tend to do that oftentimes. That's why there's so many tropes with like, the black church woman and the black gay queen and the sassy you know, black friend. Because, yeah. The sassy black friend and all this other stuff, because like we, we kind of have to be larger than life personalities to get people to like, think of us in a positive way <laughs> because yeah. the alternative is being uh, arrested or killed or, you know, uh, accused of doing things that you, you didn't do or, had no intention of doing it and it just really sucks yeah yeah you made it sad at the end you belong on this show <laughs> I, yeah, I was just thinking of that i was like wow that was a really terrible way to end any kind of conversation <laughs> no insane it's, it's perfect gayish style <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> any, any any more thoughts i'm well just be nice to black people it's not hard to do and i would say that for me the 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 best the biggest lesson has been it is no longer acceptable to be quietly anti-racist like whatever you thought you were doing by holding that space is like well below the bare minimum and you have to do so much more now Hmm. you just have to Love it. Well, is, is that it? Do we do it? We solved it. Yep. Everyone's going to yep. date interracially now because we yep. made it. Black people don't have problems anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. Uh, we're going to do, our, hooray, <laughs> you're welcome, we're back. Uh, we're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest, but first, Marco and Tony from Relationship, where can people find out more about you and what you're doing and hear you and stuff? Oh, yeah, so we are on the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitter. We are at Pod Relationship on all of those. And then you can go to our website, which is podrelationship.com. Dot com and you can listen to the podcast check out our blog and do all that good stuff and then we're of course on all podcast platforms uh apple podcast google stitcher all that fun stuff and the easiest way to look for us is by our last name which is c-r-i-t-e-l-l-i 
uh, because for some strange reason, nobody wants to make a searchable by relationship. <laughs> and we're going to be on an episode of your podcast. So you can go check that out if you need a, an intro to their podcast. Yes, 100%. Well, and our website is gayishpodcast.com. So much of our social media is at Gayish Podcast. In fact, all of it is Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and end. Great. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. It's 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address, which is real weird, is P.O. Box 19882, <laughs> Seattle, Washington, 98109. Mike, I made a mistake. What did you do? I, I read a few of the comments. I should not have done oh. that. So if you want to rate, review, subscribe, <laughs> then uh, or recommend, uh, we would very much appreciate that. Yep. Uh, gayest and straightest? Yeah, let's do our gayest and straightest. Do you want me to go first? Sure. So the gayest thing about me this week, I have been camping for the last four days. We left on Thursday. I just got back right before sitting down to record this, which is why my brain is fried, because we were outside and the sun was real hot. But the gayest thing about me is that I packed four outfits for this camping trip. Multiple shorts, <laughs> options, loungewear, etc. The straightest thing about me this week, I wore exactly the same thing every single day, except I changed my shirt yesterday, hoping that they wouldn't make fun of me. Did it work? <laughs> no, it did Great. not work. <laughs> um, my gayest thing is potentially the gayest sentence that I've said is my friend who works in, I think, like in PR for music, sent me the SoundCloud SoundCloud link for a queer Persian artist to say, like, I know you're going to like this song. And so <laughs> I started her. I am super into it. Her name is Gia Woods. And the, her song is called Into... Which one is Aria Gunnery? Into It. Or into You is Aria Gunnery. It's called Into mm. It. And I've been listening to it on repeat. It's so good. I love it. The straightest thing is also clothing related. I <laughs> did that thing where I was like, oh, this shirt needs to go in the trash. And so I was like, it, well, it's clean technically. So I'm going to wear it the one more time and then put it in the trash. And then I forgot and put <laughs> it in the, the uh, laundry. So I'll have one more time of wearing it. You know, like there's that cycle of, of trash shirts. <laughs> It's so this. hard to say goodbye to yesterday, Kyle. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Is that the Beatles? Um, yep. <laughs> uh, Marco and Tony. I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so the gayest thing I did this week is the gayest thing I do every week, which is my nails. It's the gayest <laughs> thing I do. I spend a lot of time oh. cleaning them, trimming them, shaping them. They're lovely. Um, I, can we see them so we can judge them? them. Yeah. They're, they're no, lovely. I hate them. They're so long. And I will not allow him to put his fingers oh. anywhere important with them. <laughs> oh. All right, Tony, we should fix that. <laughs> so that was the gayest thing I always do because I buff them, I polish them, I love them. Uh, the straightest thing I did... Um, 
So mine is also clothes. I was wearing the same clothes because I still work from home. I was wearing the same clothes for three days, and I decided that four days was completely acceptable to wear the same thing. I yeah. cannot. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> is he getting called away to business? <laughs> no. We So we have an alarm. He sets an alarm every night at 9 o'clock to pick up the cat food. Because our cat decides he vomits every single night if his food is down because he like overeats and then he like yeah. goes up. And so his alarm went Is your cat off, actually right? a gremlin? I'm, <laughs> I am convinced that that is what he, is going he on. He throws up. He doesn't turn into a monster. Because <laughs> no, he, is a he already demo. is. Okay. <laughs> he is a fucking demon. Um, okay. So my straightest thing that I've done is I had to go to Sherwin-Williams this week and buy paint. <laughs> and I, it was a very straight experience because I like went up to the guy and I was like, can you tell me what the difference between flat and matte is? Because it doesn't mm. make sense to me because I feel like they're the exact same thing. And he's like, matte's shinier. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> Why do I feel like this is also your gayest thing? <laughs> I was like, because I feel like they're interchangeable. And he was like, maybe in other countries. And I was like, I don't like this conversation anymore. <laughs> so, Jesus. so it was a whole thing. <laughs> so that was the straightest thing that I did. Cause I was like, I went up there thinking that I could like talk paint and it didn't go over so well. Um, the gayest mm. thing that I did, which is probably why he responded to me that way is I was wearing a jumpsuit while doing it. It is very <laughs> because it was comfortable and it's one thing and I don't have to think about two different things. And so it's yeah, it was easy and, and everybody loves a romper. Exactly. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised the jumpsuit didn't just like intimidate him into like submitting to your gay opinions about paint. Like No. <laughs> I think he was like trying to figure out why the fuck I was in Sherwin Williams. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. This has been gayish. A special thank you to Marco and Tony Cretelli for being here from the Relationship Podcast. Thank you again so much for being here. Thank you guys. Thank you for it was so us. much fun. Yeah, and thank you to Brandon for requesting this topic. So hopefully we did it, Brandon. If not, don't let us know. <laughs> also, I forget why, but I wrote down thank you to Felicia Rashad. <laughs> yeah, the star of the Felicia Rashad show. Correct. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> okay, uh, that's it. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Date outside your race. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs>